0: Welcome to Talking Instinct, the podcast series from Instinct HR that shares insights and ideas to help you inspire and engage your teams and the people around you. Our guests include inspiring leaders, small business owners, coaches, and industry experts. Today we welcome Chris Phillips, Cybersecurity Specialist and Lead Security Analyst at Accenture. Uh, welcome, Chris. Uh, good to see you again. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm a 21 year old young child, I guess you could say. Uh, I'm uh, just graduated, literally today. Uh, I've just graduated from university. Uh, but as a project at university, I thought, why not get some experience in the real world? You know, a lot of people went off to do placement years. Um, a few people decided not to go to university or drop out quite early in university. And I thought, trying to get the experience to move into the industry in my later life, or if I do decide, you know, to give up university or something like that, if my parents found out, <laughs> you know, they'd have killed me, but I needed the experience. So um, I thought, I met my business partner a few years ago, and uh, we decided together to take the plunge and uh, set up ad cybersecurity. Um, so we're a very small company based out of London, uh, and we've been going for about a year and a bit now so okay. just passed our first year which is uh always very exciting and it means that uh, <laughs> I haven't done something drastically wrong just yet uh, as I have a common theme of doing but now we've met some amazing amazing clients who have some amazing chats and I've networked with such amazing people And yeah. it's really good how how things have grown these last few years and watching not only my business and myself and my team grow but how all the other businesses we've all seem to build very close together, grow and we're all forming a sort of a community and growing as a community. So I, I guess that's a little bit about me. Personally, I lived in Chelmsford, uh, in Essex, before I moved to Leicestershire to study at Montford, um, So I've been in the down south most of my life, which is yeah. why we ended up registering the business down there. Uh, but funnily enough, all of our clients are in Europe. <laughs> all of them are mainly miles and miles away, which you, you, you wouldn't really think uh but all of our clients are all around europe and funny enough not many in the uk the
0: uk so that's a
1: a quick idea and a quick intro of me yeah brilliant
0: maybe you need to uh rebrand as uh, adss international or global i don't
1: know i'm thinking
0: (laughs) that exciting So, so i'm really curious as to how you've balanced uh Pressures of being a student uh you know, partly during lockdown i guess as well um mm. whilst growing your business sure i'm, I'm sensing your uh, your um, your results suffered as a consequences of you you launching and growing your business
1: no you'd think so but uh i found out they got a first which is really interesting really good i didn't think i was going to get that i thought i would have uh,
0: brilliant brilliant
1: i, I thought i would have completely um screwed it in the last few months because of COVID and things like that. Uh, But it's strange because before lockdown, I think lockdown really gave me a perspective of life and how I should be doing things because before lockdown, um, I I was going, I was being a traditional student, you know, a normal student. I was going out lots, I was socializing lots and I was leaving my work to the very last minute. And it was only when lockdown and COVID-19 started occurring, you know, at the beginning, of 2019 that I was like you know I've got to, I think I think it was my 20th birthday and I was like you know life hit me I was like you know I need to pull it out I can't be doing this anymore so I uh, I had all my fun and I, I've got to move on so I'd really decided you know instead of trying to find a company to work for why not try it myself why not go out there and experience setting up partnerships and meeting new people and building a network and connections um which i wouldn't have done otherwise so it, it all kind of hit me a set point during covid and i think lockdown was as bad as it was it was a blessing for me because it really let me sort my life out yeah, and you, you focus on really me yeah exactly i think if i wasn't If that didn't happen, then I would have kept going out and I would have kept (laughs) socialising, put my work off. You know, and I wouldn't have met such amazing people and have grown a business and gained the skills and experiences I have now. Um, So being stuck in my house 24-7, 365, you know, the last 18 months of lockdown has really given me a goal and let me drive and achieve small, small winners that have really led me to where I am now.
0: Yeah, sounds like you've uh, you've made the uh, the best out of a really bad situation, and,
1: and, mm. and it's,
0: it's really paid off for you. So it really helped help you focus on uh, drive that focus, what you really wanted to achieve, and and, and sounds like you've had the opportunity to hone that in a lot more. So, how have you? I'm um, kind of curious as to how you've gone about securing international uh, based businesses uh, rather than UK based ones, particularly as a business mm. startup. That's, uh, that's quite a significant step, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so most of the clients we have at the moment, I gained in the, or I met in the first month or two of setting the business up. Mm. Now, when I set it up, I hadn't had a clue about anything to do with business. I knew that you had to register it. I knew that there were certain things you had to do every year, such as filing for tax and things like that. But excluding that, I was like, oh, I, don't know how to, I don't know how to market. I don't know what networking is. I, I hadn't even heard the term networking <laughs> beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. It was all a big shock to me. Uh, and I'd met them all on a Facebook group chat, a business group chat for European companies. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, a lot of the clients I've got at the moment, um, all over Europe, the conversation started very slowly. And I'd had multiple calls and I'd do little bits and bobs for them, you know, just to try and tease them in and get them involved. And when they suddenly realized that the power, they were all on board, which was really good for me because I hadn't had a clue. Um, I think that having no skill in business and in networking really led me to broaden who I wanted to target because okay. now I know, now I know when you start a business, it's a bad idea to target everyone, you know, yes. you have to focus <laughs> on. And then to begin with, I thought, let's sell the world everything, yeah. And I guess, technically, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess technically I have sold people around the world things, but. It, I think it, it has its benefits and its drawbacks to it. Um, g- gaining these clients and gaining and learning new cultures and learning everything about how different businesses work around the world has been amazing. But mm. I think it really made it harder now having to learn the skills and then narrow down the scope of who we're trying to target and that clientele. Um, it's made it a real challenge. But it, I think it's just a big learning curve and you've got to keep learning.
0: Yeah, year, year, years, I guess year, year one is a massive learning curve, isn't it? Because it's, um, mm-hmm. like you said, you're, you're learning how to set up a business and run a business and, and all of the components involved with in that. And, of course, as you as you go through understanding your clients, where they are, uh, how you find them, how they see you, how they understand what you do is, is a massive learning curve. And,
1: um,
0: I think years one to three are, you know, a similar journey, always evolving, you um, and changing shape really. So, if, 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 did, did you find that your your primary business offer as you know, cyber security has that, has that changed much then since the early days mm. to adapt to what your business is today?
1: Yeah, I, I think a big limiting factor to the business and how we've grown is we, you know, we're students and the budget for setting up the business even now it's very limited because. It, as i didn't have a full-time income beforehand you know i was Mm. a uni student and before i set the business up a lot of it went on alcohol you know so now transitioning setting up setting up the business it really it really limited what i could do and how i could achieve certain aspects of the business um so trying to grow and achieve different uh, different goals was really hard and as you said you've got to constantly learn Um, you've got to constantly be growing and I think having that limited budget really limited us in size of how we could grow and expand and especially in the first year not having the money for sort of mentors I know that there's amazing mentors you can get but some of them come at quite a cost and not having them initial resources really slowed down what I could learn and what I could do So really trying to dig about and find the key information for free online and it took a long time, but networking and growing such a great community and uh, speaking to loads of different people really helped grow us as a, a business to where we are today.
0: Yeah, yeah I think it's um, it's interesting, isn't it? And I, you know, I had similar experience. I think we started our businesses in, in the same month, didn't we, last
1: year? Um, mm.
0: And you, you do. You have to do everything yourself. And as you get busier, you attract more clients and, uh, you, you grow, you, you're developing your business uh, and, it, and its range of services. Of course, it comes a tipping point where you can't do everything for yourself. And I think it's a fine balance, isn't it, between who, who you get to support mm. you, with your financials, with your marketing, with your, your people and HR stuff. Yeah, there's, there's so much you can do, but equally, it becomes a distraction because you're actually preventing yourself adding value, uh, your real skills mm. to the business side. Yeah, I think we all get to a point where we need to bring in support. At, Different times and
1: a bit like yourself, I
0: think. Um, net, I kind of started off with traditional uh, networking when I set up instinct HR mm. and, and fell, fell out with it very quickly because it just wasn't working for me. And very mm. powerful, didn't we? And it's it very much more community and relationship based and seemed to attract uh similar minded people. Mm. Uh, so that, yeah, that's certainly one place we we, we keep going back to. But it, you're right, Chris, it, for me, it's, it's all about relationships, developing relationships, mm-hmm. establishing uh, support networks over time. It's about giving and it's about, you know, taking when it's there as well. So, yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Um, so I, I guess your journey, uh, I've been busy 12 months, you know, business is growing uh, nicely by the way. You've had uh, some great success as a, as a, a student as well. You've, you've got your, your first for your degree, um, which is amazing. And um, absolutely outstanding. I think mean, you've, had, you've had some other uh, kind of recognition as well recently, haven't
1: you? Yeah, so I was nominated uh, by the cybersecurity team at De Montfort, uh, more specifically uh, by my personal tutor called Francisco. Uh, amazing guy who's really helped me really helped me out in some tough uh, situations at university uh, he nominated me for um, an award the most entrepreneurial student of the year uh, which I don't know how it happened but I won which was a, a real achievement and a, I think a real eye-opener to if I put my mind to something it, you know I can get it yeah. done yeah. And it, it's been really nice to have some sort of recognition because it's, it's the first award I've ever properly won you know I never <laughs> done much as a kid so it's the first proper thing I ever won like I later yeah. <laughs> better yeah. now than never you know uh, so it's, it's really nice and uh, I think it really really helped us confirm that we're doing something right as a business yeah. and how, how we're growing
0: Absolutely. yeah we're going certainly beats your cycling proficiency
1: uh, award doesn't it really you know it's, exactly exactly it's there, really.
0: <laughs> yeah and that's brilliant because it's something you, you you it's never taken away it represents your achievements and your commitment at a point in your life yeah, and yeah massive massive achievements So huge uh, huge congratulations for that yeah is that, is that a bit of a Thank virtual you. online uh, celebratory event or did you actually go and get to uh,
1: oh i wish i wish it was because awesome. uh I don't Got nice and dressed up, but unfortunately, it was on the camera. And so I put my suit on, you know, shirt tie. I didn't do my tie up properly, though. <laughs> As you pointed out to me, I didn't do the tie up yeah, properly. It was only later. Yeah. Only later, I feel around it. I'm like, oh, I, I look like such an idiot now. <laughs> That's another thing I've had to learn is how to properly do my tie up now. Well, it's
0: interesting, um, isn't it? Because, um, you know what? Since I left the corporate world, what, gosh, 18 months ago now, I, I haven't got a tie on since. Yeah, I, i've occasionally worn a shirt but the majority of my clients mm. actually their, their dress mm. codes mm. yeah you can be forgiven not for doing your time because it's not something we do <laughs> that frequently as us, those us, us, us guys so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. so on that, on that no. journey then to get to this point um who's uh, who's kind of been your your inspiration who, who um Who's kind of guided you on that journey to help you to this
1: point? Really, that's a good question. Um, it, it, it's been hard because I've always it, it, it's, it, it's trying to trying to find someone that I, I did when I first set the business. I did try and find a mentor. I did try and find someone I could, I could get advice from and follow. But I found very quickly that it's it's hard to find a good mentor, and there's lots of yeah aspects you've got you got to be a fit for them as they've got to be for you and you've really got to be a good fit together and I think also being a student studying having deadlines constantly and trying to grow the business and get clients and deal with issues ourselves it it made it so hard so the the way I've sort of dealt with finding uh, I guess a mentor is by people in the community and I've I've looked up to Funnily enough, you are one of them. You there's a Tazanhar meet Sarah Chandler was a big inspiration to me and a big help setting up. Um, In the in the Leicestershire community, there's also a a very nice guy I'd like to say a big thank you to. He's a guy called Mohammed um, from Broadband Nine. When I first set up the business, I I was going for sort of a techie more though than cybersecurity business, Uh, and he owns a massive, a very fast growing. MSP um, in Blackburn and he really guided me through different mm-hmm. aspects not my business, but the industry itself and things I should look out for. And uh, he's been a massive help and always answers all the questions. Even, <laughs> even if it's me breaking my website at one o'clock in the morning on a Friday, uh, a Saturday morning, you know, he, he's there to help me and sort it out. So he, a big yeah. thank you to him and a big thank you to you guys because I think not having a, a sort of mentor and not, you know, having paying for the mentor. it's really hard to find people that you should base yourself off of. Yeah. how you should go about So having people like you and Taz and Hamid and Sarah and Mohammed has really helped me guide where I should be aiming and what I should be doing and should I be doing this and probably not, should I be doing that, maybe. So it's been a lot of trial and error and it's just giving it a go, but being yeah. able to follow people like you guys, it's, it's really handy.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it underlies again the, the importance of that those relationships, the strength of them, that support network around you. Because you've, I guess, you've referenced a number of people there, and it's uh, mm-hmm. you know, succeeding in business is I mean, pretty impossible on your own. You know, and, and, and mm-hmm. the, more, the more trusted advisor, I guess, you have around you, the, the easier it becomes. And we all, we all need it. We all have it. You know, however, however long our businesses have been established. Yeah, that's really important. Is is Mohammed the guy who is often puts posts on LinkedIn around? He's he's uh, installing Windows 10 on 200 laptops at a given time. Yeah, oh, that, that's yeah. it.
1: That? Yeah, that's yeah. Smart. No, he, he's a massive help to me. He's he's got an amazing company, and if anyone's looking for IT support, he's your man. Man, he, you can't beat his prices. He's amazing. His team yeah. are amazing. They're always there to help. And if you yeah. if you screw things up like me. If things get fixed very, very quickly, which is always amazing.
0: What you need from your IC support, yeah. <laughs> he put a post on there, uh, I think it was last week, he was, he was, he was doing something on a huge amount of laptops. I'm like, just imagine going away to make a cup of tea and then you're coming back and they're all locked and you're having to remember the passwords. I'm like, that's yeah, it's just hell. I, I couldn't imagine anything worse, but he's clearly great at it, isn't he?
1: So. Oh, yeah. We, we, I, when I was doing a bit of work experience for a local high school, um, I think a, a, a guy who used to teach me a lot in IT was um, a guy called Roy Foster. He was an IT support technician at Chelmer Valley High School. Uh, and uh, during the summer months, um, I, I would sometimes go in and do a bit of work experience. And yeah. we, re- we rebuilt a load of classrooms in the school. Uh, and I think the most I've ever had to rebuild was 30 computers. But even then, I didn't really rebuild anything. Just... You press F twelve. You you go down to a build server, and the computer <laughs> just connects to the server in the back and redoes it all for you. You know, so the, the way Mohammed does two hundred a time is really impressive. It is. Yeah, and he looked he looks very
0: calm and, uh, and in control, mm. which again, this is what you need, isn't it? Your IT support. Mm. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm thinking, uh, you know, so, some of our uh, our common clients. Typically SMEs, aren't they? We're small medium mm-hmm. uh, businesses. Um, although you're international, I'm very much focused on UK and UK employment law, particularly. And um, mm-hmm. curious as to what what kind of common pitfalls uh, SMEs experience that means they need Chris Phillips and the cyber security team. What what kind of things do, you, do they either come to you for, or simply not know that uh, where they're mm-hmm. vulnerable and where they really should be getting help with?
1: Yeah, so I like to break our clientele group down into two forms. You've got the the guys that have never heard of cybersecurity before. They don't have a clue what it is, and they don't know the risks behind it. Uh, and then you've got the other guys that do know cybersecurity. They do know the risks, and which is why they're looking into it. Yeah. Um, the problem we found is normally there's only one, yeah, there's one big reason why people go from they don't know cybersecurity to they do know cybersecurity is because something happens. I think the the global statistic is every every 19 seconds a small business is successfully breached, mm. um, and one in two one in two businesses technically uh, so out of you and me apparently one in two businesses every year gets breached. You know it's Not a my shocking, arms aren't great, are right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean it's, if it goes wrong for me then i'm really screwed uh, but it, exactly like what it's a shocking statistic that just under one in two businesses every year gets breached um and i think that's i know for a lot of our clients been the reason why they start looking into cyber security um it's very rare that you'll find a business proactively looking which yeah. is how all businesses should look at security you know it's you should be wanting to put out the the threat before it becomes one. So uh, luckily, a lot of our clients as are quite small. Um, we do deal with a lot of larger clients, you know, uh, turning over a good few million pounds every year, and probably have over a hundred staff. You know, the, they're the sort of larger and clients we deal with. Um, the smaller ones, you know, the, the, our smallest clients can be you know, one or two users in a, a very small homegrown business, but. Mm all businesses face the same threats. Even, you know, the, the threats you face um, as a one-person ban business, you can face 100,000 employees, you know, you could be a global corporation or a government state, you know, you all face similar threats. Um, the biggest of which normally is phishing. Uh, it's so easy to do for attackers. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people in the pit hole, thinking that uh, a long lost relative wants to give you lots of money, but you need to deposit a fund first. You know, it's uh, phishing emails, d- excluding the Nigerian prints, are becoming a lot more advanced, um, especially if it's targeted. Um, we have had a few clients which have had very targeted phishing campaigns against them. Yeah, uh, yeah, they really, you know, a good example. Of, um, it's not one of our clients, but one I can make up is uh, a small business. You know, if you go for contracts, if you're bidding on government contracts and things, you can find out a lot of information on there.
0: Mm.
1: And if you can go on the internet and if you've got a small team of let's say 30 or 40 staff, you do uh, open source intelligence or OSIN as it's called, Uh, you research into each individual. You you can find out very, you can find out a lot of information about a person online. um, even if they don't mean to you know facebook you can see all your relatives you can find out your pet's names you can you you can find out a lot of time you can find out people's passwords by simply going on social media putting a list of common things they like and dislike and trends and then putting that and guessing the password you can normally guess people's passwords so targeting cyber attacks to individuals then crafting advanced phishing attacks such as um Hi Janet, uh, uh, I'm an external. H- I'm an external HR consultant. My name is Darren. Let's, uh, go, Let's
0: go down that. Go so is that an example? But I'm you know,
1: <laughs> This is um, a contract that the CEO Adam wanted to you to have a little look at. Can you just double check? Normally, you wouldn't think twice of that. You just click the the word document, make sure the contract's fine. Well. It, it's, now that you've clicked that word document there's now malware on the system uh and as soon as you click it data starts getting if it's ransomware it will get encrypted um if it's malware it could get exfiltrated onto the attackers machines you know they can take your data from you whether that be your clients payment information invoices um, company secrets it it could be anything Um, and if it's ransomware then (laughs) then there's a lot of trouble because even if you pay the ransom there's no guarantee that the attackers are going to decrypt the data and without a a solid IT and security plan in place such as a a advanced EDR you can roll back systems that we use or you have backup in place then you can't get that data back and if you lose your company's data then then it's very hard to keep going
0: yeah
1: and the way the attackers are becoming more advanced nowadays, it's harder for businesses to spot these these threats. Yeah. So they are a lot of what our clients do with the more targeted, the malicious side. Um, but we do put a lot of steps in place so that the, 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 the Nigerian print scam that comes out to everyone, and we all get it in our inboxes, we've all signed up something, and loads of companies have been breached in the past, which is how they get your information. Uh, such as linkedin's one of them they were breached in the past and attackers were able to get all of your, our email accounts and names you know but they can send off emails through there but we put in tools and steps in place to stop those emails even coming to okay. us yeah. Thinking. Yeah. so it can it can be really dangerous um, yeah
0: I'm not, I'm not sure i'm going to sleep so well tonight now having, <laughs> having, having, having <laughs> <laughs> don't know that we may need to talk offline uh, definitely. <laughs> Um, and, and I guess the fact that it's so prevalent suggests it's so lucrative, and therefore, mm. it's
1: yeah, we're all at risk in, in a
0: variety of different ways. Like you say, without mm. data, uh, and, yeah, you know, my business is on paper. It's all on this laptop. I'm talking to you through. So,
1: mm, you know, nice.
0: what do I have? What,
1: exactly.
0: Factory, but, yeah, a lot of
1: exactly and i think nowadays as the younger generation you know people my age and even younger you know there's 12 13 year olds that know how to hack and they know how to craft payloads and malicious payloads and they can go out there and although they might think it's a joke and a lot of the time a lot of cyber crime is caused by the younger generation um, a lot of the time they might not know the risks and the issues associated with it but uh, as the world becoming more technically connected and everyone's becoming more technically advanced you know there's some of the younger generation and um, some kids I know get bored and they try experimenting with things and they like breaking things and building things you know as normal kids do where maybe 50 years ago when technology wasn't so prevalent yeah I know when I was younger I'd go out and build things but I wouldn't be building and destroying things online would be you know in a forest down the road <laughs> with my friends you know and kids, especially with lockdown now kids are becoming more connected on their devices and they're learning new things uh, which is a big part of why you know loads of police forces nowadays are saying know what your kids are doing online there was a brilliant advert put out by the national crime agency the nca um stating how uh, young children, uh, the example was the kid was hacking banks to get money for himself and the hacking businesses and he was able to hack the school to <laughs> improve his grades and things like that. And uh, they're saying, you know, you should be paying attention to what your kids are doing on these computers nowadays because they might not know the risk, but then they might be causing a lot of small businesses, especially a uh, real headache. Yeah, if I could find
0: something that I could go back and retrospectively change my grades, Maybe you can put me into because yeah, yeah. There's good and bad stuff, isn't it? You're, you're one of the good guys. You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of what you class as blue team, aren't you? So back mm-hmm. back, you're not one of the red team hacker style guys, are you? You know,
1: you don't, you don't do no. Exactly. There's a there's a lot of hats to be worn in cybersecurity. Whether you're a, a grey hat, a black hat, or a white hat, and a black hat is a malicious attacker, someone who actively goes out and causes problems. You've got a, a white hat which are the good guys you know they're hacking uh, they're hired by you hired by uh, you know if you come and hire us you know we'll give you white hat hack hackers that they're, they're the good guys they are the guys doing it for the good and then you get the gray hats which aren't doing it legally but they're doing it for a good cause so it could be that they find uh, a load of vulnerabilities a good example is ring doorbells um i don't i, I don't know who the hackers done it but um there was, <laughs> it was in a good American TV show where attackers, uh, security researchers were able to hack into people's doorbells and speak to people through them. So they'd be like, hello, is anyone there? And you can hear it through your phone. You can hear someone talking, but there's no one at the front door. And it's like, yeah, I'm a guy on opposite side of the country. I've just hacked into your, your, your camera and your phone and now I speak to you. Uh, it, it's incredible what people can do
0: yeah yeah i'm definitely not going to sleep tonight um, although i don't have a and really <laughs> i'm not going to buy one now. just you know, we won't we won't tag uh, we won't tag uh, ring uh, in, into this uh, podcast anyway so.
1: <laughs> <No, laughs> I, I, the good bit about big companies like that they're they're very open to uh people researching so i know I don't know about Ring specifically, but I know there's things called bug bounty programs and big companies will put out rewards and you can get some people, there was a good documentary made a few years ago with uh, a hacker that made over a million pounds in one year just by doing these bounties and they would go in and find bugs and then report mm. the bugs to these companies. Yeah. They could fix the, the problem. A, a real attacker does cause it. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of companies that, uh, don't know their weaknesses such as there's a there was a big one a few years ago baby monitors attackers could go in and look at through the baby monitors and hear and look you know actually get the video feed from these baby monitors, which is really scary when you think about it because you use them for you know good you know you want to check up on your child when they're sleeping and things like that but knowing that some guy in a completely opposite country could do the same thing if if the company hadn't set up the security properly, you know it's really scary. But luckily, a lot of these companies are taking the approach that come try and do it, tell us first, and then we can pay you for it.
0: Yeah, it kind of highlights, doesn't it? The you know we're we're all uh, willing uh, to use new technology, new apps. Most of it's getting intuitive, it it, and you just pick it up and away you go. But I guess less thought given to the risks and threats associated when using that because like you say once they're in they've got access to very
1: much haven't they mm. sure yeah um, yeah i think the the common detection for an attacker is almost 170 days just a little bit over so you won't know that someone's on your computer or uh, really. looking for your data or taking it on average until 170 days later um and by that time, a lot of people's backups would be useless. <laughs> you know, yeah. if they've been taking away data and so changing your data over time, yeah. you might not have a use worth of backups, which is a really scary thing.
0: Yeah, striking. Yeah, I can, see why, uh, I can see why you set up ADSS. <laughs> <Cyber system. laughs> uh, and it's, yeah, I'm sure it's a growing problem as well. So, so what's um, what's next for Chris Phillips? What's the, I think obviously you've graduated Mm-hmm. Your, your, uh, your recognition um, the, the awards you've had all, all fantastic stuff and I guess you're now looking forward to um, um, potentially growing your business uh, or, or any other fa- kind of ventures you, you're involved in so what's uh, what's next for you?
1: That's a, a good question I, there's a few things I've got up my sleeve um, I'm at the crossroads now with the uh, uh, I go into employment now and uh, I've set up the business. I've, I've done what I have done, uh, I've met some amazing people have grown so many skills, but now do I go into full-time employment with a, a large organization and learn the skills and the mm. process and the that I don't know now, but I should be doing, you know, and learning from experienced individuals that could be, you know, in information, security, cybersecurity for 30 years. And I could gain that knowledge. Or do I go about growing my business as I have been doing and seeing where I can take it to. So I, I'm at the moment, I'm, I'm having a good thing. I'm weighing everything up and weighing every different aspect of life up. Because obviously there's nothing better than being your own boss, you know, <laughs> being able to wake up whenever you want and doing, all, you know, and if you want to take the day off, you know, you are the boss, you can do what you like. And I think that's something that I really love about business. Um, but then getting that experience from other companies again. It's something I'd like, but I think in one shape or form, I will always have a business, whether that be something I run as a hobby like I am now and yeah. help organisations, even though like keeping it very small and so I can manage quite easily as I have been doing since I've been studying full-time. You know, if I was to have full-time work, growing and having a small business by the side that I can help people still, because so I think that's something mm-hmm. thing I've really enjoyed doing is meeting and helping so many people that didn't know these threats existed, but now they do. It's it's such a rewarding feeling. Um, so I think there'll always be some form of business I have, whether that be the mm. security we've got now, or whether that be another venture I start in 10 years' time. Yeah, Who knows? Who knows where life will take us? But at na- right now, I'm really happy where we are, and uh, we're growing nicely. And uh, Who knows? Who knows in a year or two's time where I could be?
0: Yeah, well, whichever decision you make, I, I guess, you know, best, best of luck with it because it, um, I think there's pros and cons for both, isn't it? You know, there's, there's, there's massive benefits to running your own business and it's, uh, it's an incredibly exciting journey. It's, you know, particularly if you're entrepreneurial, you know, there's so many possibilities. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, it, I guess it depends on when you, you know, when you want to scale and grow your business. How, how, how hard do you push that? You know, do you, is it something you go for now? Do you gain more? exposure and experience and employment and then and then you know push your business as, you, as you've developed a little bit more of that skill set really
1: mm.
0: sounds like you've got some exciting options and choices ahead of you
1: yeah yeah i think that's the exciting part that's early days in the career yeah. life and yeah whatever i do now you know be, i'm sure will be completely different in 10 years time and i'm just looking forward to experiencing it all
0: yeah, we'd have to come back in 10 years and do another another podcast. It might be, um, for me, it might be a semi-retirement <laughs> podcast. It might be a full-time retirement <laughs> podcast. But yeah, it'd be fun to, it's going to be great to watch your, your journey uh, and your career uh, whichever way it takes you. So, no, definitely. Well, guess, um, hopefully there's still people listening at this stage of the podcast, but uh, for <laughs> those that are left, um, where can people find uh, Chris Phillips if um, they're interested in talking to you? Interested in finding out more about uh, all the various colored hats that they could wear from a cyber perspective how, how do they find you chris
1: linkedin is the best place linkedin uh connect with me i'm a, a very chatty guy love having a good conversation so just come and reach out uh, more than happy to help out with anything we've got a website now as i've been telling everyone the website has been under development for the last sort of, four months and it's it's going to be done when i manage to finish it i'm doing it as much as i can but uh developing a website and making it look good is definitely not my strong point point. and <laughs> as i said you know doing it on a shoestring budget yeah. is really hard so yeah. uh yes. it, you can go on the website there's an email address on there uh feel free to email me as well on there um and me or one of the team members we'll get back to because we love having a good chat
0: yeah, brilliant. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's always a great starting place, isn't it? So, um, massive thanks for your time today, Chris. It's been really insightful uh, get to know more about you and your, your journey so far, some of the possibilities of what's next. And, and you know, genuinely, you, you will give me nightmares. I
1: think. <laughs> no, thank you, know t- about cyber
0: security, so.
1: <laughs> no, that's, it's scary, but it's a place that's only going to get better, hopefully, over time.
0: Yeah, and, and strangely, uh, Chris and I know, but the listeners won't know that.
1: I've got a cyber student
0: uh, in my house. My son's uh, a year one. Um uh, mm. isn't he, as well? So,
1: uh, yeah. looking to do good things he is.
0: Well, uh, well, he can start at home and he can absolutely get on some braces on my uh, my little network, uh, my machine, to make sure that I'm safe.
1: He'll <laughs> <laughs> be safe yeah. then, at least he's got someone there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so great talking to you chris really appreciate your time Um, and uh, you enjoy uh you enjoy the summer you know i think you've you've worked really hard you've you've had the accolades that come with with that and uh, i guess you've got some parties around the corner haven't you
1: we'll we'll arrange some definitely and we'll we'll have to go to the pub as well together to celebrate now thank you so much for having me darren it's been really good to speak to you again and uh really fun doing this podcast
0: you're welcome thanks chris take care mate speak soon
1: thank you bye-bye